This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. All right, and welcome to the Dave Latour Show, <laughs> Latour Live. And welcome. Can you just wait until I'm done, pal, and not step on me? And uh, joining us live via satellite from a a palatial uh, office um, in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Latour. Dave, take it away, bud. I would just like to acknowledge radio icon Frank Schofield for, for for flying the plane this week while I am away working in Chicago. How are you, Frank? Good? Doing doing great here. It's a uh it is a disgustingly muggy, hot you know, like and it and it affects personalities. Parks, would you agree with this? Oh, no yeah. nobody's happy. Nobody's yeah. happy. I walked into Parks' office, he just said, just get out. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Everybody's miserable today for sure. Yeah. I, I look, it I'm looking out. I have a beautiful incredible view of Lake Michigan right now and the beach along uh, the North shore here. And it's just pouring out. I mean, so you really can't even see, you can barely see the lake. It's so overcast here. And it's a shame because when you're in Chicago, it's a city where you want to get out, walk around, enjoy how vibrant it is. Um, Just can't do that here. Now I went on a great run this morning and it, it wasn't raining, and I got to see a lot. But now it looks like for the rest of the day, we're sort of pinned inside the hotel. On the Dave Latour hit list of the destinations that you have uh, visited, of course, you know, we've got London, San Diego, and also uh, Chicago. Now, where does Chicago rank? Does it make it in the top five? Oh, man, I've been to so many great places. Uh, I have to say, Parksy, by the way, Parksy, uh, good to talk with you again. Good to talk with uh, you. I, I would absolutely put Chicago in my top five big city destinations. I don't think you can break them down, guys. Like you can't you can't classify a trip to Italy the same as a trip to Chicago. So I would break it down like this. What are your five best trips of all time? What are your five best big city trips of all time? And if I had to rank, I would go as far as big cities go. I would go um, New York City, um, San Francisco, Chicago, uh, Philadelphia, and then Pittsburgh. But that Philly-Pittsburgh is kind of a tie. But I got to tell you, I've been to Chicago, and I love that. I I was there once, and the subway, the L, when you get off or get from the airport and get – that subway and the way that is set up, it's just so fun. You look at it and like – Wow, look at this thing. This thing is a piece of work. This is a piece of art, this thing. And it covers the whole uh, the whole city. When Frank was there, Derringer was in charge. Mayor Daly. Was <laughs> <laughs> there machine gun school? No, <laughs> and Jake and Elwood were sleeping in their small house apartment, you know, way under the L, right? How about it, Dave? That's an amazing subway. The elevated train here, as they call it, or the L, I would highly recommend... If anybody ever would like to go, if Wrigley Field is on your bucket list. Now, I, I achieved that a few years ago. Um, taking the elevated train to Wrigley Field is a real trip because you get to see so many parts of the city. And then, obviously, you come right into Wrigley. You get a view of Wrigley. Everybody's out partying, enjoying a day at baseball. I mean, it, it is, at, you know, San Francisco has the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, uh, New York has a Statue of Liberty. I, I don't think I'm far off saying that, that Chicago has the L. It's so unique. It's been part of so many 
you know, uh, uh, historic Hollywood movies. It's just fantastic. I agree with you. What about the people there? Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I was, I was in a good answer. <laughs> I was walking by. Uh, I walked into a store last night to to pick up some things that I needed. And a guy said, hey, I know she got a different accent because I say Chicago and everybody that here says Chicago. Everybody here says Chicago. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting that he knew right away I wasn't from the Midwest. He, in fact, was from the Northeast. He was from the Virginia area. And uh, he said he missed that part of the country. And I said, why would you miss it? Chicago's great. He get, he, his answer was the people. Because the people... Uh, along the East Coast are so much nicer, and I thought that was, I thought that was very, very interesting. Were there anybody wearing white pants uh, in Chicago? No, don't go. Why do you have to bring that up? Well, I just want to know. Jeez, you know why? It's we, we're done with this. That was one of the great I, segments of all time. This is this is I brought, where you... I, 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 would it be would it be wrong to tell you that I, I'm wearing my white pants now? Yeah. No, I'd be shocked. You sleep in them all the time. You love those things. <laughs> love you think you're this fashion icon that's like changing the way Central PA dresses. I, I, um, I love my white. Talk a little bit about uh, the hot dogs there. The hot dog there is a different, a very different hot dog. It's on a poppy seed bun. You got a pickle in there. You don't have any ketchup. Mm -hmm. It's very different. Uh, Have you had the Chicago style hot dog while you've been there? Not a big fan. What? Not a big fan. (laughs) And I think there's mayonnaise on it. Isn't there? Is there mayonnaise on that dog? Uh, Not. um, I'm at a conference and they just, uh, rolled some hot dogs in for people that are lunching down there. I'm up in my room now. Just not a, just not a big hot dogs are not a big thing to me. I mean, give me. But a, a Chicago dog is a. I mean, that's a whole different. I think it's too much. You know, I've said this many times. If, if you wanted, look, I, I love a perfect grilled burger. I love a perfect grilled hot dog, sliced right down the middle on the grill, toasted bun. Mustard and ketchup. That's and, all I need. And there's that also toma- there's also tomato on this hot dog. <laughs> Celery no salt. You know, you want Boo. nothing to do with it. Boo. Oh. No thanks. Wow. Chicago pizza too. Wow. Yeah. What about the pizza? That's an, that's upside down, right? They put the cheese on the bottom, sauce on the top. Completely disagree with the pizza too. By the way, is that is that the case? I don't I know. How, I don't know how the deep. It's a deep dish. They got the thick pies. The deep. Oh. Where, I don't want that, man. I can't sleep the rest of the night. I'm 48. You know, I'm getting old. I'm getting up there. Give me a thin crust pizza with high quality sauce and cheese, and that's all I need. And you know where you can get that, by the way? Cork and Fork. Two locations in Harrisburg <laughs> on the East Shore and West Shore. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice little <laughs> plug there from the owner. Um, another thing that, that is, 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 have you tried any of the, of the uh, pasta, the Italian sauce? Like Chicago is really well known for the pasta and the spaghetti and the Italian uh, culinary uh, effect that they have out there? Well, last night I did dine, frankly, I Frank, I did dine <laughs> Italian, and it was it was unbelievable. Right. It's, mean, it's totally different than the really, East Coast. It's so different than the East Coast, and I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I was, I was so pleased with what I had. I ate at a place called Valere, Ristorante Italiano. Right. And, uh, the uh, sausage appetizer was out of this world. And when I say that, you know, it's not easy to make Italian sausage. And people think it is. And then to present it right, I mean, they had just the right red sauce, wonderful peppers accompanying the, the sausage. It was absolutely fantastic. Right. And then I had a, uh, 
then I had a pasta dish that was just off the hook with uh, with ground sausage and peas, and it was it was everything I want in an Italian meal. I th- it's so hard for me to go out and eat Italian, having grown up in an Italian household with family members that can right. cook anything. I thought it was fantastic, but I highly recommend Valera to anybody coming uh, coming to uh, Chicago. All right, well, Dave, listen, this is our time where I got to land this baby just for a little bit to get a little fuel. It's the Latour Live Show. We're going to be back right after this. This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. All right, back with the. Back with Latour live. Dave Latour on the phone live via satellite from Chicago. Dave, the Scorpions, uh, overrated or underrated? I just have to tell you guys that uh, last week I got some listener feedback, and they hate the music we come in and out. I agree. They hate it. They think it's outdated. They think we need more current bumpers. And and I have to tell you, see now he just I ruined Parks' like, day. <laughs> now he's going to be upset. You should see the look on Parks. <laughs> you just me, crushed him. <laughs> I think people want some more current music in there, and I like the Scorpions, but I, I, I think we're, I, I think we're dating. What? I think I wish I could see his face. I wish. No, I could you see his no, face. you just you've made it harder on me now. No, you know it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> No, it's funny because I was thinking the same thing uh, like the last couple of nights because I'll sit around and and think about what I have to do tomorrow and stuff. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is, you know, some of the music beds that we have here. I said, we have like an assortment of stuff. I said, I can bring it in. I said, but nobody's really said anything. So it's one of those things where, you know, if I'm not told, then I just stick to the status quo. But yeah, that's no problem. We can, we can freshen like things Dave, up. Dave, what kind of music? Like, give us some artists that you like or something that you'd want to hear that you know what I mean? Like, what's what's your what is your style of but music? See, here's the thing: it's not me, it's not my opinion. It's what is everybody listening to today? Those should be our bumpers. It's just that simple. Like, I don't think it matters what my style or what I like is, because quite frankly, I like the Scorpions. I like a lot of your bumpers, but I'm hearing more and more people that they don't like our bumpers. Well, I'm going to turn that over to the Sco Man here, uh, Ace Producer. Sco Man, do we go by what the uh, listeners think or what we think should sound good? Um, I think it's rarely by the listener. I, I think it's really by it's in, and then we use it until someone complains, and then we freshen it up. I mean, am but I wrong? You are so, a radio icon. So, so what? Are, so, what are we doing? So, should we freshen it so, up? So, me, I'd be using. I'd be using like something like this. What the hell is that? That's the that's a new song from the Struts. Just, just current music. I'd be using like really current music. I mean, really current music. That's great. I agree. Yeah, that's fine. Just let me know what you want, and or else I'll just have the Sco Man grab his uh, iPhone, pull something up, say Sco Man, hit it. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that that's something we could do. None of that Jason Isbell crap or whoever. Oh, just stop. Why do you why do you got to act like that? I just you went to his concert, man. Here, here's a great one. Just current That's music. Good. That's good. Who's that? That's the record company. All right. Bring <laughs> us back, Frank. All right. So, uh, so, all right. We got that off the thing. Dave wanted to talk about that. Get the 
things, current music. Okay, got it. Uh, Dave, I wanted to ask you a little bit. Obviously, last week was pretty a pretty momentous week for people that watch news, that follow the song, that follow the drama, that follow the soap opera. Man, a lot happened. A lot happened. And it just wasn't the news things talking. Uh, Senator John McCain passed away, and, you know, it affected... I think it affected a ton of people. I knew they, I knew he was sick, and they knew he stopped treatment. But you know, even my wife, when she found out on that Saturday night, man, that that just crushed her. And I think it crushed a lot of people. His passing, and then the reaction, and then the reaction from the president—two totally separate events—and then also included with that all the stuff with Manafort and Cohen about those things. It was a wild week we had last week uh, from when we had our last show. Well, let me just say, yeah, all this stuff seemed to go down right after our show last right. week. A uh, real, t- real quick on Cohen and Manafort. Uh, I think the Donald Trump haters of the world automatically expect that those, the guilty verdict and and Cohen's cooperation, automatically will lead to uh, Donald Trump going to jail or Donald Trump being impeached. Everybody needs to pump the brakes. You really have to understand the impeachment process, and I'm not going into it on this show. You really have to understand the impeachment process, what constitutes impeaching somebody. Um, I think we're way far off that. It just seems like we are we cling so much to the 24-hour, which has really become the 24-minute news cycle, that the, the, the least bit of bad news, all of a sudden people are on the, uh, people are on the indict Trump or or convict Trump train, and, and, and it's just it doesn't happen that easily. So that's all I'll say about that. I thought Trump's handling of— oh, Wait, that, uh, what Trump, about the Cohn thing? What about the Cohn? I mean, he actually—that was a situation where they actually—he actually said he directed me to do this. I mean, Manafort aside, okay, yeah, right, he was just with him. But the Cohn thing was totally different. Well, we'll, I guess we'll see what comes out, right? I mean, because right now it's one person's opinion versus the other. What what does he have as documentation? Does he have Donald Trump on tape saying that? Uh, We don't know yet. And that's yeah, that tape came out. That tape came out that he he talked about. There is no you can you can argue that you can argue whatever's been out there already. You can argue it any different way. A lawyer can argue it any different way. And we're just not there yet. I don't think we know enough. And as I've said from the very beginning, if Donald Trump did something illegally, illegal, he should pay for it. I don't really care. You know, the presidency is too important for us to play favorites. And if he did something wrong, he needs to suffer for it. I just don't see enough there yet. And I'd like to think I'm objective enough yeah. uh, uh, to make to make that statement. And now I'll say about his treatment of John McCain, typical shabby Donald Trump, um, you know, the Donald's the Donald is a megalomaniac and he feels that uh, John McCain treated him horribly and he can't put that aside for five minutes to keep the flags at half mast until the funeral service is over. I think it's a disgrace, quite frankly. I, and, and I haven't always agreed with John McCain, but we can all agree that he's an American hero, oh. an American war hero. If ever, if ever there was an American war hero you know, you look it up in the dictionary, and and it and it's John McCain, and I, and as far as John McCain's death and how it impacted me, what I found interesting is following all the coverage and the social media from a lot of people that I know, and I've come to the conclusion that the only Republican who supported John McCain when he first ran for president was me, because apparently everybody supported George W. Bush. 
Uh, but I loved John McCain's frankness. I loved his, his uh, straight talk tour when he first ran for president. I believe, if memory serves, he won New Hampshire and then his campaign went off the rails in South Carolina. George what? W. Bush won South Carolina, and that was kind of it. But Straight Talk Express came through Pennsylvania, and it was, I thought, as a Republican, it was refreshing and liberating at the time that here was a guy who was willing to you know, stretch beyond the traditional Republican values, whatever they are, and just talk plainly to people. And I think he reached a lot of people, but look, presidential elections are still won with cold, hard cash. And George W. Bush had a ton of cash. Weren't you surprised? I mean, I supported McCain, but when he got when he latched on to Sarah Palin, wasn't that a point when you were like, what are you thinking? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I think even McCain recognizes that was a mistake. And if memory serves, he's indicated that he should have chosen uh, the independent former Democrat Senator Joe Lieberman right. as his running mate. Uh, I think, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I don't think there was anybody in America who was realistic who thought John McCain had a shot at winning the White House. It was eight years of George W. Bush fatigue. Uh, that typically signals a change for the other party. Then you have a dynamic public speaker in, at that time, Senator Barack Obama, contrasted with George W. Bush, who, let's face it, was not the best public speaker it all added up to a sea change. And, you know, I just don't think I don't think McCain ever had a shot. Uh, I think. No, I do. To, I think he I had think, a shot. No, I Palin. Absolutely. He did not. Right. And I, absolutely. He did not. And I think they tried something. To, they tried to swing for the fences a little bit there. And clearly they missed. And it was a huge mistake. I don't think I look. I think Palin's selection hurt him. He was never going to win. Right. He was never, ever going to win. But, you know, all that being said, I loved how his farewell statement included 10 years ago, I had the privilege of conceding the race for the president. I just thought that was an amazing statement to make within his farewell. Uh, that, that it was his, you know, his honor. Well, even his, even his farewell speech. You know, that his um, his assistant read the other day. I read that in the New York Post the other day. It was, I mean, I have ADD, and I, I read that whole thing. I mean, I was just locked in. It was, it was a beautiful piece. Yeah, it sure was. And I think, you know. And that's going to go down in maverick. history. That that piece is going to go down in history, for sure. He was a maverick, and I, I, I hope Americans look at his words and read them and take them to heart. But, you know, I'm not I'm not too convinced. Somebody said this to me the other day, and I, and I, agree, and I completely agree. This country hasn't been this divided since yeah. we're hearing something there parks yeah i don't know what that was yeah um, um this country was, is divided uh, and it seems like we have a leader that's not really trying to bring it together well i don't i think donald trump has a bunker mentality and it's it's us versus them and and that's his new york roots and upbringing you know in new york you, you don't try and build bridges you know you, right. you fight it out and I think he's a product in many ways of his upbringing and, and, and his environment. And so I'm not surprised that he is a person he is. And quite frankly, he was elected president because people were tired of being promised things and things never changing. Uh, yeah, and you're seeing it all over the world. Populist 
populist candidates are winning elections. We're speaking with Dave Latour, live via Sally from Chicago. Dave, a big weekend this weekend that's happening in sports. U.S. Open tennis tournament starts. Sweltering day don't care. Uh, yesterday. Don't care. Out, you don't care about that? I love tennis. I love it. But I don't, care, I don't care about the modern game of tennis. Oh. There's no John McEnroe. Um, the closest thing we have to John McEnroe is like Serena Williams. Uh, I just think that men's draws are so boring these days. There's nobody that I really like. I used to like the I... old days uh, on USA Television Network. You used to watch them on like WOR TV, and you'd hear the airplanes flying over LaGuardia coming in and going, and they'd be like banging away there till like 2 a.m. Frank, does, like Bobby Riggs, does Bobby Riggs have a chance in this weekend's no, US he, Open? No, he does not. He, yeah, who do you like, Bobby Riggs? I like Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg is my favorite Borg. there, Chrissy Everett. Chrissy Everett, she's done James. By the way, the U.S. Open tennis tournament is the best tennis tournament in the world. I don't care what anybody says about Wimbledon or the French Open. There's nothing like night tennis at Flushing Meadows. You know, the fans are into it. They're a little bit more boisterous. I mean, it's kind of like... It's kind of it's kind of like tennis. How everybody would like to watch tennis, they're too uptight at Wimbledon. So I really like the U.S. Open tennis tournament, but I'm not really interested in the tennis players. No, I th- I, th- I I find at times it's fun to watch. You know, if you can get into one match early and then just stick on, then you'll watch sure. the next day. But you got yeah, something has to latch you on at some point during the tournament. You know what I mean? Because if you don't get latched on, then you won't go back. You know. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Dave, we need to take a timeout. You have a big guest coming up next. You're listening to Latour Live on a sweltering day in late August. It's Latour Live. We'll be right back. This is this is rejoin music right here. Yeah, welcome back. That's Greta Van Fleet, and welcome back to Latour Live, as we are taping one of the final days of August. On the phone with us, live via satellite from Chicago, the host of the show, and we give it back to the main man himself, the king of radio, Mr. Dave Latour. Thank you, radio icon Frank Schofield. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, I want to bring in our guest now. He is uh, Allentown Morning Call reporter Steve Essick. Uh, Steve has worked in Harrisburg on the Hill for a few years now, uh, has done some of the finest investigative journalism pieces uh, out there. I highly suggest you look up his work at uh, for the Allentown Morning Call. You can go to mcall.com. We want to have Steve on to talk a little bit about uh, corruption in Harrisburg. It reared its ugly head again yesterday. After more than two years uh, in limbo, State Treasurer Rob McCord was uh, sentenced to federal jail uh, yesterday. Uh, Steve, uh, what do we think? Just another day in Harrisburg, or was the McCord case kind of unique? I think the McCord case was uh, kind of unique. Uh, first of all, um, you know, I, I, I have to start out by saying I've covered a lot of court cases in my time as a journalist, murders, accidental deaths, corruption, that kind of thing. Uh, Yesterday's case involving Rob McCord was one of the saddest I've ever witnessed. It was sad because you watched a man flush his life and career and reputation down the toilet by acting reckless. 
and it was equally sad watching a judge, uh, a very well-respected judge who's had some very important decisions, struggle mightily on the bench, both uh, with the decision he faced and his um, necessary job of scolding McCord from the bench in order to get that on the record, but without you know, uh, kicking a man while he was down. It was it was sad on on all fronts. For people that don't know, uh, Rob McCord in in a lot of circles was considered potential material to become governor of Pennsylvania, um, and really that's where things went off the rails for him, uh, running in a primary against who would be uh, the eventual winner, uh, Tom Wolf. Um, he was soliciting uh, contributions and uh, not so subtly. Uh, made threats with people uh, that he was still going to be treasurer even if he didn't win, and that could affect any business they would do with the treasury. Do I have that right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, you you do have that that right. I mean, I think uh, state treasurer, as you know, and uh, hopefully your listeners know, is one of the uh, row offices that Pennsylvania has. There's there's three row offices elected for four years the state treasurer, the auditor general, and the attorney general. Those jobs, uh, especially treasurer, tend to be kind of low profile. And Rob McCord thought he had a much larger and higher profile than he did in 2012 when he won his second term as treasurer. He came across as very boastful. He would attack uh, unpopular Republican Governor Tom Corbett at every turn, and he lined up a lot of uh, support among uh, Democratic-leaning uh, outfits like unions and that sort of thing to take on Tom Corbett in the 2014 election. Now, that internal or support he had within the Harrisburg capital bubble really didn't translate much outside of Harrisburg. He wasn't really picking up a lot of support among the public and that sort of thing. And then Tom Wolf, the eventual winner, came in with a lot more money than uh, Rob McCord had, although Rob McCord was wealthy too. Tom Corbett was rich. Uh, excuse me, Tom Wolf was richer. As we all know, he did some really, really good commercials and skyrocketed to the front. And while Tom Wolf skyrocketed to the front of the Democratic primary in 2014, Rob McCord floundered. And when he floundered, he got desperate and uh, obsessed, in the words of Judge Jones yesterday, in trying to raise money. And that was his downfall. He started strong-arming businesses. And unbeknownst to Rob McCord, the feds had another Harrisburg insider already wired, John Estee, former um, uh, cabinet or uh, administration member of Governor Ed Rendell, and the SD tapes led the FBI to McCord. They caught McCord, strong arm in these businesses, and and McCord folded. And to his credit, he took responsibility for it, and um, it was a huge downfall for the man. It caught caught the Harrisburg political establishment really off guard because he resigned out of nowhere January 29th, 2015, and then as you know, usually when that happens, there's something. There's another shoe going to drop, and that shoe dropped the next day or that night when when uh, you know media started um, reporting that he was under FBI investigation. So, so Steve, the inevitable question is, do we think Harrisburg has finally learned its lesson? 
No, I don't think so. But today I wrote in a morning blog piece that if the if the federal government allowed um, court proceedings to be videotaped, that videotape recording should be used as an ethical training episode for every politician at every level of government in Pennsylvania. It was like I said at the outset, it it was sad. And uh, but unless you were in the courtroom, you didn't see that. So Judge Jones also used the example and called Rob McCord a poster child for campaign finance reform in Pennsylvania. You know, we don't have any limits in Pennsylvania for state offices on, you know, uh, donations and uh, very few other uh, limitations on, on how that money is raised and how – out solicited or, or or used for that matter. We're one of the and, few, and right? Judge we're pointed that out. That re- that we're like the we're like the Wild West. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, we uh, we very we very much are the Wild West. If uh, people complain about uh, Citizens United, that federal law, the Pennsylvania was uh, um, way worse than that uh, decision came out in which uh, loosening the federal campaign campaign laws. What do you think at the end of the day? Do you think Harrisburg leaders in in right now elected officials, do you think they look at the McCord thing as a cautionary tale or do you think unfortunately they think, well, he was just dumb and he got caught? I think unfortunately they think he was just dumb and he got caught and I think that many people in in the legislature um don't won't register that with them, with themselves. I don't think that they see it. I think that they look at it and say, oh, it's just another um, stupid, stupid politician. When in reality, what he did is is not that far off than what you often hear going on or whispered in, in the building, but you can't prove. We're joined by Allentown Morning Call um, Harrisburg reporter Steve Essick. Steve, if I could switch subjects a little bit. I yeah. know you cover everything state government and elections. Obviously, um, we've got a race for governor, and that's going to heat up. Typically, these th- these fall elections tend to heat up right after Labor Day. Yeah. Um, do you see any – I mean, everybody sort of assumes that, that Wolf's uh, second term is assured. Do you see it that way, or as a reporter, do you try not to judge those types of, of, of handicapping? Well, I, I think that that type of handicapping is is always going on. Um, the campaigns have their own internal polls that they put out, you know, to make themselves look better, or a lot of universities and newspapers team up to do public opinion polls. So I think handicapping goes hand in hand with with the election coverage that that reporters do. And I do agree. A lot of people think Tom uh, Wolf is is going to win, and. Uh, against Scott Wagner, and I don't see, at least right now, that uh, Scott Wagner is getting all that much public support. Uh, Scott Wagner gave a uh, speech on Monday uh, before the Pennsylvania Press Club in which he, again, uh, tried to to paint this campaign about uh, public education in Pennsylvania, accusing Tom Wolf of not doing enough as governor and trying to hurt rural school districts in favor of urban school district. But the, the, those kind of complaints 
or criticisms of Tom Wolf, I don't think are really resonating all that much across Pennsylvania, maybe in some corners of Pennsylvania, but not really, especially because Scott Wagner spent four years in the Senate attacking public education and so, unionized so, school teachers and that sort of thing. So I don't know what Scott Wagner's uh, – how he's going to get um, legs on on under his campaign and for that matter how Tom Wolf is. Tom Wolf is kind of just ignoring Scott Wagner. So we have, we have about two minutes left. I want to play yeah. just a quick fill-in-the-blank game with you, Steve, for All both right. candidates. Assume Assume nothing is assured. To become the next Pennsylvania governor – Tom Wolf must fill in the blank. What does he need to do? He he needs to not make any mistakes, and that means limiting his exposure. He's got to use the power of incumbency to go around the state and dole out money under the budget, which he has been doing all summer long. And he needs to limit his exposure. Unfortunately, he limiting his exposure means that he's not going to conduct three debates with with his opponent, which has been tradition in Pennsylvania. He's only going to do one. And Scott Wagner, I think, has right, rightfully criticized him for that. Okay, so right, now so, let's finish yeah. this up here. In order to become the next Pennsylvania governor, Scott Wagner must fill in the blank for me. He he must present a more coherent message, and he's got to try and retell his story. He's got a good story to tell. Uh, rags to riches millionaire, a businessman, a no-nonsense type of character that um, is going to reform Harrisburg. And he's gotten away from that message for whatever reason by, by focusing on education. Uh, Steve Essick, uh, great reporter, Allentown Morning Call. Really appreciate having you on, Steve. Thanks again. Thank you, David. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah. Good job, Dave. The guy, the guy makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, he makes a lot of sense. It, the McCord thing was devastating by all court accounts. Right. I mean, here's a guy that ruined his life. His marriage fell apart after his arrest. He was living in North Carolina, as, and he was a yoga teacher. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was teaching yoga. And uh, Hot yoga or regular yoga? <laughs> Just ask no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. No idea, bud. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to get a lot of gubernatorial stuff here uh, once uh, the holiday weekend's over. It's really going to start to kick in, and we're going to get sick of it pretty soon. Yeah, back to school started this week. All the kids are back to school. So let's take a time up, out, and we're going to be back with the final segment of Latour Live. You're listening on WHP 580. We'll be right back after this. what you're saying. You better think about the consequences of your actions. Oh, shut up, woman. You better think, think, think about what trying to do to me. Yeah. All right. We're back with Latour Live. Aretha Franklin. Passed away this week. And, you know, this was one of the most iconic scenes, I think, in probably in movie history. The Aretha Franklin Bruce Brothers scene, you know, was just awesome. Dave, Dave sees that all the time when he walks through the streets of Chicago. What, what a lot of people don't realize is uh, a lot of those singers 
uh, were really an afterthought. And then when the Blues Brothers movie came out, it reintroduced so many people to that kind of music. It really helped reestablish people as, as, uh, as, as quality performers, made them a lot of money. Um, uh, the Blues Brothers really kind of, in a lot of ways, you know, saved, you know, saved a lot of those artists uh, later in their lives. Yeah. Have you watched the movie lately? No, but it's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of the greatest movies of all time. When they're being chased at the end, I just... Oh, there's, there's so many good parts. Or when he's with Carrie Fisher in that, in that cave or something like that. He's like, you know, I'm, I got attacked by locusts. I didn't know what to do. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> he takes off his sunglasses. And he just throws her on the ground. And he just throws <laughs> Carrie Fisher on the ground. Oh, it's great. Dave Latour, live from uh, Chicago here. Um, and Aretha Franklin passed away. And she was laid to rest. In the Louis Vuitton shoes, by the way. Very stylish, very classy. I heard about that. All the way, all the way down. I even watched. Uh, I had Animal House the other day that I even watched, that I that I had Wait. on. I just started it and just kind of let it roll through, you know, in the background. I think I first watched Animal House when I was like eleven or twelve years old, and I remember watching it with my father, and being uncomfortable during some of the nude scenes. Like, oh, you, know, you know, you know that you know that situation where you're ever watching a movie with your parents, and there's a nude scene or a sex scene, and it gets really uncomfortable. Have you guys felt that? It's kind of yeah. It, it's still kind of it was it was out. Airplane for me. It was the first movie my mom took me to. It was Airplane, hmm. and and it was yeah, my mom was looking at me like I'm like this is great. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it just, it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. I, I got a great story for you. So my dad passes away, 1978, right? That's so, a great story. No, listen, listen to me. So <laughs> my neighbor, I don't go. To, I, I don't think I went to the Masters for some reason. I didn't go because there's gonna be so many people there. He takes me to this movie, and we go to the Colonial Park Theater. Now my dad just died like a day earlier or something like that, right? Two days earlier. So we go to this theater. I'm 12 years old. And we're watching this movie, and he was like, I'll go see a movie. This will be a ton of fun. He took me to the movie with Warren Beatty called Heaven Can Wait. Oh, yeah. What a great movie. Especially yeah. after your dad, dad dies, dies, and you're looking around going, wait, did my dad come back to life somewhere? Is he a football player? <laughs> and this poor guy, his name is Mr. Coles, John Coles, God rest his soul. He's, he's He felt so bad because I'm like, what the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> So, and that was with, uh, I think Jack, not Jack Gordon, but there's a ton of people, including Warren Beatty. And uh, so that was a really great movie. Uh, speaking of what we're watching, what are you watching right now, Dave? Well, I'm very sad that our show Yellowstone is now over for the season. I, I, think, I think nine episodes is way too short. And that last episode was awesome. I no, mean, don't I, you I, think, though, there was a lot of stupid conveniences there where I'm like, Come no. on. You just loved it no, till the I end, love, didn't you? I just think it's such a unique show. I mean, it looks at a segment of America that we never see. And I think the characters are fascinating. The Kelly Riley, Kelly Riley, the daughter. I mean, third character. <laughs> Beth. I, I would argue, I would argue it's probably the best character on television. Beth I mean, Dutton? She is, yeah, she's so crazy. I mean, mm. I love that show. Highly mm. recommend it. And so I'm actually taking the week off more or less from television because a couple new series, uh, a couple uh, series start up. Uh, How about that last scene with Casey, by the way? What about that last scene with Casey, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it is. What? Yeah, it you is didn't what care. It is. 
well, he's going to turn into like a mob guy now. He's going to be, I, I'm not getting into it because, you know, our listeners watch this stuff and maybe they haven't caught up to it yet. But I do, you know, I think right. it's still, I'm looking forward to Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon Prime. You mean uh, Jim Halper, out. Jim Halper with guns. Yes, that's exactly right. And then uh, Ozark season two on Netflix starts on the 31st as well. I'm really looking forward 31st to 31st of what? Ozark. August? Yeah. It does? Yeah, Ozark's back. How did I miss yep. that? See, this is why this is why I like you, Dave. This is why I like you. That's why I'm here. What do you watch? Uh, not nothing really. Once I finished up Yellowstone, I'm kind of dead right now. Castle Rock kind of just faded off on me. I'm sure I'll, I can, I latch back onto that. Um, not a big fan. Not a big fan of Castle Rock. I, I I I wanted to like it a lot, but it's just too slow, and they they just expect you to connect too many dots to the whole Stephen King mythology and it just doesn't work when you have to watch the post show. Like a lot of these shows have like a two minute segment afterwards explaining the episode. When you have to watch that to understand what the hell happened, you've kind of lost me. Yeah. But I will say this guys, I will say this. It is time. It is time for college football. Yeah. I am ready. This weekend. I am ready. My Notre Dame fighting Irish this Saturday night. I'll be in front of my TV on the patio watching Michigan at Notre Dame. And that's pretty much, it's usually an easy game up front, but that's kind of a tough game for both sides, isn't it? Notre Dame always typically schedules a hard first game. For the most part, yeah, this is going to set the tone a lot. Thank you for playing the uh, fight song. What's better than that stupid soccer song? I have to... I have to think the Notre Dame fight song is probably the greatest fight song in the history of college football. I have to think that. Yeah. I don't think there's any 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 other one that comes close to it. Do you got the Penn State one there, Parksy? Yeah. Crap. Yeah, Penn crap. Penn State launches this weekend as well. That's that's, that's a, a big game as well. What would you say? It's that's crap. A crap song, Frank. Penn that's State. Song that Penn that State song State. is a crap, crap. song. Crap. Says Dave Latour. Crap. Why would you say that, Dave? So many Penn State fans in this area. Why would you? Probably most of them are listeners. Notre Dame. The Notre Dame fight song is just the best. I You're just trying to be a heel. You're just trying to get people to talk. <laughs> That's all you're doing. I'm not buying it all. What are you doing about? Penn, what are you doing about pro football starting uh, next week? It doesn't start next week. It doesn't start until after Labor Day. They pushed that back right. a few years ago. So, you know, I'm a Steelers. So I said I'm next week. After, yeah, but this. Okay, all right. Yeah. Fine. Stay with uh, me, Dave. I'm looking forward to it, but the older I get, the more of a college football fan I am than a pro football. I got to tell you. I like everything about college football. And this goes back to what are you watching? I'm all hooked on Hard Knocks on HBO. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I am in. I watch that show every week. I'm like, I love this team. I want a Browns shirt. I want to go out to a Cleveland Browns game. I love these guys. I'm all about a Baker Mayfield. I'm in. I love it. Are you really a Browns fan, or are you saying you're a Browns fan because you're watching them? Yes, because I'm watching the show. Yeah, I'm not really a Browns fan, but I could be after this show. I mean, I'm going to take an interest after the first game and see what's up. I really don't have a football team. You know that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm a Leafs fan. Isn't hockey season starting soon? No, we got another month yet. Simmer down, fella. We got another month yet, and then we'll get out. We're getting close. We'll get out. Close. I mean, Capitals, they lifted the Stanley Cup for the first time. Will they lift it again come next spring? Probably not, right? It's hard to repeat. It's really hard to repeat. 
in any sport. Yeah, Flyers are going to have a strong team, but hockey's way down the road. And people, you want to get through college football first, and then hockey will start up down the road. And then, you know, I'm going to call it right now. Go I'm ahead. Call it right now. Call right now. Go ahead. Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Going to call nothing. right now. You don't even know anything about the hockey. You're like, call, I'm like you're an expert. Oh, I'm calling it right now. Like we're going to tweet that out. By the way, by the way, your Burnley boys lost last week. I don't I'm care. Sorry about that. You ruined me. You ruined me on soccer. I wanted to be a Premier League guy, and like I wanted to watch, but you no, know, you're just a bully. You're a rough bully. I don't know that I'm a. My Spurs. How about it, Parksy? My Spurs went into the theater of dreams. Yeah, what a great song that is. They went into Theater of Dreams against Manchester United and beat their asses 3 nothing. That was a beatdown party, wouldn't you say? And that's like, what, uh, first time United has lost the first three games in? Two games. Oh, yeah. In like, in like 20 but years. But Parks, ago. you don't even care as much as Dave does about. He's um, an Arsenal fan. He's ru- yeah, but no, he's I don't care He's ruining it for you also, right? He ruins stuff for everybody. That's what Dave does. You know, you know what I was thinking though. You know, we made it through <laughs> almost eighty percent of the show, and you guys didn't have a battle at all. In fact, you were getting along quite nicely. I know. In fact, I was going to point it out to our Frank listeners. I'm going, geez, listen to these guys. Frank picked the fight. I tried yes. to apologize because his Burnley team lost, and he jumped all over me about it. Man, yeah, Dave and I are. Uh, you were sitting Burnley there. Burnley loses. Burnley loses, and Frank gets all ticked off. You're in the, you two, you two are in the sandbox fan. having a good time? Dave, get this. Dave and I are going to a golf match oh. together next week. We're going to go see yeah, Tiger we need, Woods. We need to, yeah, but we need to talk about that next week. We need to talk about that next oh, week. Oh, sorry. On next week's show. Oh, sorry, because I think we, sorry Dave. Two minutes. Two minutes. What else you got there, two Dave? Minutes. Yeah, what do you want to talk about, Dave? Well, listen, I... I think it's I think it's fair to say we should hold off talking about that, right? Because yeah. okay, we're going to know more about our details. You know, we should know Tiger's tea time by uh, Monday morning, so then we can adjust because we're going to adjust our schedule completely to fit Tiger's round. Would you not say? Sure, I- I've moved on, Dave. I'm waiting for next All week right. to talk about it. All right, what are you guys doing for Labor Day? I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. Parks, like travel. Parks, you go. Weekends. Um, Saturday today, when the show airs, is like Christmas, New Year's, Fourth of July, everything for me because I am just a college football freak. So I'll be watching college football outside like Dave from morning through night, nonstop college football. Now, this is hang- my favorite day of the year. But you're knuckling around the house though, too, right? You're just oh, yeah, like I'm doing not stuff. Yep, yep. All the TVs are on. Oh, I'm you're, d- you're dialed up. No, Saturday I usually do stuff, but this Saturday I will do nothing but watch college football. Hmm. Well, that could be that could be fun. Yeah. That could be good to go. I got. No, I'm getting the boat back in the week this weekend. Yeah, the pontoon boat. Uh, the river's down to four and a half feet. Tri County's putting their docks back in. Good. So I'm going to try to put the boat in on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Dave is going to be on the river as well yeah. all weekend. Uh, and I'm. I, I, I plan. <laughs> I did to, get a uh, call today that my boat's back in the water. I'm it's sure. only been six weeks. <laughs> Dave's like one of those down under guys. You know those guys on down under, like on the Bravo what? network of like what? he's got hands all over the boat. And people, people like take care. Of it. Dave, your boat's in now. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, Can my, we get over to that reef? Boat. Down under. That's great. Can we get over to that reef? Yes, Dave, we'll take you over there. Drive you over there. Let your let your kids play. One minute, boys. With the, with, with the water sports. Hey, Dave, do you think that the Michael Jackson? copied a majority of his music out there because you know that that that's coming back now with the trial and all that about Michael Jackson 
uh, copying all his music. Talk about that because he was turning six. I guess he would have turned sixty this week, right? Um, you know, and 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 Michael said, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is, is that um, he was an incredible entertainer who was probably a pedophile." I mean, that's kind of the way I sum it up with Michael Jackson is he's an incredibly disturbed individual who was an amazing artist. And I think we just kind of leave it at that. And if people want to live in denial and say he wasn't a pedophile, well, you know, that's their prerogative. But the guy's dead and gone. Does that mean I won't listen to uh, Beat It when it comes on the radio or um, any of his pre-thriller songs, which is really his best work is off the wall album, by the way. Um, no, I'll always listen to his music, but it'll never be the same for me because, you know, I, I just, I think the guy was a pedophile and, um, and, uh, it's really, really sad. I think he left some victims behind. All right. It's a beautiful summertime evening. Just all right. All right. Well, listen, David, thanks for calling in today, the show. Thanks for saving the show. Parks and I would not have known what to do without you. Uh, you've made this holiday show a hundred percent, uh, full that and complete. Is, that is an amazing statement to come from a radio icon like yourself, Frank Schofield. We would not have known what to do. We, we would have been all thumbs, Parks and I. I will take that sincerely. And by the way, Tottenham Hotspur, this Sunday at uh, at Watford, come on, boys, let's make it four wins in a row to start the season. Right. Hey, guys, I love you guys. Have a wonderful Labor Day. Same to you. Fly safe. All right, Dave. Take care. All right, guys. All right. Take You're care. listening to HP 580. Thanks for listening to Latour Live. See ya.